It is an absolute uh, privilege to, to be here today. Um, this is something that uh, I've, I've been looking forward to for quite some time. You know, when Dad approached me about doing this, it was something that I was really excited about, a whole new audience to teach to. I've been working on running workshops and, and things like that for teachers to better, uh, ways to better engage their audiences, better ways to engage their learners. Uh, and and it's, it's really exciting to see those types of changes happening in our school system. You know, like, like, like Dad was re referencing before, you know, the way that things have been done, even just five years ago is very, very different than the way things are being done today. And so I wanted to take a time just to explain some of these new processes, some of the new methods, and just some of the easy and practical tools that you can take away and use immediately. That, you know, I think that's kind of the thing that I get fired up about sometimes is I hear all this you know, great philosophy about teaching and, and ways to improve your practice and better ways to engage learner in this scholarly article and that journal you know, article, and where's the actual day-to-day -day application of that? And, and so there are easy and simple and most importantly free ways to get those tools into the hands of your learner, right? And, and so that's kind of the, the premise of what I've really started to focus on as, a, as an educator is what are the simple and practical ways in, in which to engage your learner? Uh, and, and even in the ministry, are, are we not teachers? You know, I mean, this is something that, that we kind of we try, to, we try to label certain people a certain way. Are you a public school teacher? Well, no, we, we are. We're, we're teachers, we're coaches, we're, we minister in, in all sorts of different ways. And so those terms can oftentimes be interchangeable. And, and I think that's an important concept for all of us to, to really grab hold to and, and hold on to. So uh, with that being said, did anybody have any issues going through and getting that either QR code read or the bit.ly link there to the website? Everything that we go through today will be on this webpage. You'll be able to walk away with all of those resources, all the links, and all of the, uh, the, 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 the materials that you'll uh, see today during the presentation. All right, then let's get going. So this is titled Technology and Cooperative Change. It's been a focus of mine as to, to better implement technology into the classroom. Technology connects with kids, you know. I'm teaching eighth grade kids every single day who go home and play Fortnite for hours. They go home and they do all these great you know, video games and, and internet. And, and if they can get a little bit of taste of that in the classroom, it's going to connect with them more. And so there are really easy and simple ways in order to, 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 to both connect to any audience, not just kids, because games are fun, you know. And so I want to start off actually doing that today. Uh, but before we do that, it's kind of important that I, uh, um, you know, talk about my family a little bit. Uh, so these are uh, uh, my kids and my wife. We just had the, uh, an excellent uh, uh, kind of a breather, a vacation. Uh, we have three kids, three or under, because um, we're really um, brave. Uh, and uh, the uh, and it's 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 so fun to to be able to share them with you a little bit. That's uh, my wife Claire. Uh, Elizabeth is three. Uh, Evie is two, pretty much, and then Dave is our newest. He's three months, so things are quite busy at the uh, Vosburg household these days, but they are never dull. They are very, very exciting at all times, and so it's kind of fun to have them here with me. Literally right now, every single one of those people in that picture are asleep, so they will, <laughs> we will let them sleep at this point. We're going to start off with a little game. And uh, this is one of the free and easy ways in which you can connect with any audience of any size, up to 150 people at one single time. And so we're going to do a little buzz in live exercise really quickly. So if you have your phone or your computer, I want you, please, if you would, to go to this website, and I will pull it over for you. It's buzzinlive.com. So if you click that link, if you have it pulled up, it'll take you to that website. If not, you can type in the words buzz in live you'll see a screen that looks very similar to this. And what I will do is I'm going to be the host here, all right, and you will all join this, this uh, uh, exercise here, this, this uh, program. 
So I'm going to click the word host. And what I'm doing right now is creating a game setting. All right? Ever see, you're all big Jeopardy fans, right? The one dude was on there for like, what, two, three and a half weeks or something recently. The, the big task was to get the buzzer in right. That's what they always say, right? The first person to be able to, to get the buzzer. Most of them know the answers. It's who can buzz in the fastest. Well, this is going to tell us who buzzed in the fastest right here in this room. We're going to have a little trivia game, five questions or so. Uh, and so what you need to do then is there, there's a game code there, 682104. And you're going to hit the words join. You're going to type in that code, give yourself a super cool nickname, one that will be unique to you, and uh, we're going to have a, a little fun here to start off this, uh, this, this, this session. We see Fabio joining, right? So Fabio's pretty, uh, I'll look for the one with the longest hair in the room, and that's probably him. Um, Flyhawk, old and loving it. Okay, we got some really cool, ooh, we got some, some darker individuals in the room, killer. Now, once you have typed in that code and given yourself a nickname, everyone seen that big buzzer that's popping up on your screen? All right. So all you're going to do is once the question is read, uh, as soon as you think you know the answer, you're going to hit that buzzer. But as soon as you hit the buzzer, the question is going to be stopped in its entirety. All right. So as, as soon as you think you know the answer to the question, go ahead and hit that buzzer. We'll be able to see who has buzzed in the fat Rip Roaring Rev. What's the answer? Who are you? Where are you at? Rip Roaring Rev. You already know the answer, don't you? <laughs> So that was the uh, that was the uh, the, uh, the practice there. So what I can do then is I can just reset all of our buzzers and we can do it all over again. Okay, Rip Roaring Rev, Cheryl struck. Okay. Get it all the way up, max volume. All right. Anybody else need a little bit more time getting in on this? All right, we've got a good 18 people. That's pretty good. All right, so we'll be able to see the first person buzzing in as soon as the question is read. Dad, you want to go ahead and read the first question, okay, please. Question number one, Bible. How many Old Testament water-parting miracles are there? Well, you have to buzz in buzz first. In. Okay. We got just me was the first buzzer in her. Who's me. just me? All right, how many? Two. That is incorrect. Okay. We've got Archos. Who is next? Archos? Arcos? Anybody else want to give it a shot? Winner. Four. Four is correct. You count high enough, you'll eventually get there, right? Right, there you go. <laughs> just for explanation, that's the Red Sea, Joshua and Jordan. Elijah, when he put his mantle down, Elisha did it going back. Okay, four times. There you go. All right, so we have one winner. Congratulations, I have nothing for you. Good job. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and most of us don't need any... Never mind, never mind. <laughs> All right, let's continue. Question number two. People, who is the oldest person in the room? Oh, this is rough. <laughs> this is rough. Uh, Fabio, what's your guess? I was going to say Do we even know, really, no, at this, this point? Is, this is a crowd, <laughs> crowd verification. Mr. Chip Chase, how old are you, if you don't mind? 80, anyone beating 82? All right. All right, we got a winner. Nice job. Very good. All right, let's go on to our next one. Question three, current events. Name the recent film that made headlines on the topic of abortion. Old and Loving It was the first to buzz in. Very good. Well we had a bunch of guys ready to go. Mama Voss. Who's that? Okay. <laughs> Let's go on with the next one. Question number four. 
IFCA history. Where was the convention held in 2016? Fabio, again. Is there a Bible church? That is incorrect. Oh, 26. Key guy is next. Key guy. Who's key guy? I, I realized I was thinking 27. Uh, okay, yeah. no worries. Uh, we got Paladin is next. All right, very good. <laughs> All right. Our last question. Sports. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Name the World Series champions of 2016. <laughs> oh, uh, winner. Uh, do you have a guess? <laughs> How'd you know? Well Pretty good. Well good stuff over there. I'm just going to leave this. On. Anyone be offended if I leave this on the rest of the president? No? Okay. <laughs> All right. So this is Buzz in Live. I mean, this is 150 people can participate. What about a trivia night on a Wednesday night sometime? Or a Sunday night specialty service, right? Where we have Bible trivia or we have a ways for kids to, during a youth group, right? To be able to do something like this. Partner up. Do it together. You know, it's a really, just a very cheap, very simple way to engage an audience in a very, very, right from the get-go. And it's kind of a little bit of fun, too. Take a look at the quote real quick up on the board. Um, this is something that we've really started to buy in a lot uh, as teachers. You know, our demographic of student is changing rapidly almost daily, right? You know, it, and I love the, the analogy here. We can't teach land, we can't use landline strategies to teach Wi-Fi kids. You know, these, these kids are growing up in a different era, and times have to change in order to meet the needs of that learner. And if we don't adapt, we're going to be behind. Someone else is going to do it. They're going to engage their learner in creative ways, and those learners will be, will be attracted to that type of a setup. Uh, now, if you're doing things the right way and, and we're teaching uh, in, in the correct manner, then this, this can go hand-in-hand hand with that, right? We can teach them in using engaging practices uh, in, in, the, in a correct way and teach them the right things. Uh, and we use it in the classroom, that kind of philosophy, and I think that can be adapted to churches as well. So many of you uh, were looking through this QR code right at the beginning. They're a lot easier to uh, create than you might imagine. Uh, this is a link uh, to a page that just really, it's, just, it's simply called QR Code Generator. And you can link uh, any video, any text, any document uh, to that QR code just like you did today. Uh, you can project a QR code, you can print it off, you can have it sitting there on a sheet of paper as they walk into a, uh, to, to a service. You can have a, your, your PDF bulletin connected to it. They scan that bulletin, they've got a copy of that on their phone. Uh, there are all sorts of applications here. A youth group, if there's a, a document that you would like to have your youth group uh, have access to really quickly without having this long code, you have, and it's fun. Kids think that's kind of cool, right? People think that's kind of cool, right? A lot of you had typed in the website, and they're like, you know what, I'm going to try to see if this, this little QR code works. Let me try that out real quick, right? I mean, it's just something different. It's something unique, and it's a way to engage an audience in a different way, a different way than might be the norm. And, and that's, that's, again, that's just, it's, it's a unique thing that, that stands out, and that's, that, that can be utilized in, in a church. Uh, and so what I've done here, uh, giving you kind of just a little overview of that, uh, then the uh, different options that you can see here, a UR, uh, URL, you can have a PDF, you can even have a song if you're really kind of feeling you know, cool, you can have a video, uh, you can even link them to a Facebook page, right? What if your church has a Facebook page or a social media account and you want to give out a flyer uh, and you can just have them uh, QR code, scan that code, it takes you right to your church website you write to your, uh, your, your church's Twitter account, whatever it might be, right? You know, that's a quick and easy way to do some really quick uh, demographic work and, and it really outreach you know, right there just really quickly. 
Uh, and so I've given you just a couple of different options. You know, I, like I said, I'm all about the practical side of things. I'm going to show you a tool, but I'm going to I, I need to give you some insight into how I think it might be utilized. Right? There needs to be a practical application of that tool. And so that's what I've done here. How about linking a weekly bulletin and maybe sermon outlines? Right? They can walk away with a sermon outline. They can have a church outreach document uh, to that, that to that QR code. And again, use your creativity here. Right? This type of technology can be utilized in all sorts of fashions and all sorts of different ways and avenues in a church. Uh, and so then I've given you the link to the actual uh, website as well, uh, which we can walk through right now. It's super easy. Like I said, I'm all about practical. I'm about easy. I'm about really straightforward, easy to implement uh, strategies. So all you would do for right now is you would type in a certain uh, website, whatever it would be, hit your create QR code, and it would take you right to that website if you scan that code. It would get a downloadable, printable image of that very quickly. Uh, and so it's an easy to use um, piece of technology. On to our next tool then is, uh, this is Loom. Then we're going to do some screen recording, right? So you can have something displayed on your computer. You can have a uh, video bubble of yourself talking about what's on the screen. Uh, and this, is, uh, this can all be done with Loom. You can have the audio and the video uh, going right over your, your work, whether it be a presentation, whether it be a sermon outline. Maybe it's a quick little Bible study. You know, what about a 30-second to a minute just overview of a verse, and you, and you, and you have a, 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 an interpretation of that verse or a daily application of that verse? Quick 30 seconds, here's the text, here's the different things you can highlight on that text, a digital copy of that Bible verse. You record yourself speaking on that, on that topic and save it. That's a minute-long little daily Bible study that you can tweet out. You can put it on your Facebook account. You can put it to a QR code, right? They walk in, they scan that QR code. They've got 30 seconds of you explaining what you can do in your church, right? It's a quick and easy way. Like, I'm going to repeat myself. I'm going to be a dead bird here, right? It's a quick and easy way. Not a lot of upstart, not a lot of upfront knowledge necessary in order to do this. Uh, and so what I did, and this is my example here, um, this, is, and you, you, uh, this is a screenshot of it. Uh, I was in the hospital recently uh, due to the birth of my son, right? Uh, and so I missed multiple days of school, and I didn't want my class to be a week and a half behind, uh, having taken off for that. And so from my hospital room, I had this PowerPoint, you know, over the, a call for women's rights and the women's suffrage movement and things like that. And so I recorded myself. You can see my really uh, handsome photo there in the bottom left, if you're really looking cl uh, closely there. Um, and uh, what I did was just I, I had that bubble going in the bottom left-hand corner. I was walking my students through the slide. I had a set of pre-filled out notes for them to follow along as they're filling out the, the notes as we're going through the presentation. And I wasn't there in person in class, but I was there, you know, on the computer. And they had, they had me. They had me talking to them on a pre-recorded video. And it took all of 10 minutes for me to put that together, right? Uh, it, it's, a, it's another way that you can out, uh, engage in outreach opportunities for your, for, for your community, right? Uh, put it on your social media accounts put it on a website. Here's me explaining our philosophy. Here's, here's me explaining our theology of this church and what we believe. And you have somebody talking to you personally. And Loom has a, a, a great, uh, they built in a really cool program in order to make that happen. You can actually uh, save up to 100 videos free of charge. That You can have that database of videos on Loom, their, their, their website, uh, free of charge up to 100 different videos. And they can be uh, exponential and uh, uh, there's no limit in terms of how long those videos can be. Not that you would want someone to watch you for two hours, but you know, you, know, it's just, you can you want to try to limit it a little bit. But uh, unlimited uh, uh, video storage there, up to 100 videos. And so here are my kind of just practical applications for this. Um, if I can get whole control of my mouse here. How about displaying biblical text on a screen with your live image recorded in the corner? And you're going through a quick little minute to two minute Bible study, right? A morning devotional, 
maybe, right? And you can tweet that out, and people can, you, and the cool thing about Loom is you can see how many people have watched it. They can interact with the video. They can like certain moments in the video. When I was um, creating this video in the hospital, of course, there are things going on in this hospital, right? My child decided to scream at one, you know, a certain point in the video. And ironically, all the students started to like the video at the moment that the baby was screaming. And I was like, well, that's really heartless. I mean, come on, the baby's crying, and here you are celebrating the moment by liking the video, you know? Uh, but it, 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 and by the way, okay, so I'm just going to aside here. I love all my kids. Okay, I, I do. Um, I, I really, we planned really hard to try to get them around holidays so it was easier for me to remember them. Uh, so Evie was, um, or uh, Elizabeth was born on St. Patrick's Day, planned. Uh, we had uh, David born on April Fool's Day, planned. Uh, and then Evelyn came on July 3rd. And I was really bummed because it was only like, it was like in the evening. You know, it was like 8.30 at night. I was like, just hold her in a little bit longer and we'll have our fourth. It's not that hard. Just and she didn't listen, and we had her. I mean, I love her still and stuff, but, you know, it just really bothered me that we couldn't have... I'm sorry, we'll move on. Uh, how about you discuss the history, meaning, and daily application of a passage, provide reflective questions, and then distribute that video via, via social, uh, social media or email. Blast out an email, right? You've all got contacts in your churches. Maybe, maybe email a daily devotional using Loom, and they're talking right with you. on that, Or you're talking straight to them via that, via that, that video. Questions on Loom? continue. And again, that link to Loom will take you right to the website where you can create a free account and you can start recording anything that's on your screen. This is PictoChart. Uh, PictoChart is an infographic maker. Again, free of charge as well. Uh, I like free. Uh, this is a, uh, you don't need to be a graphic designer. You don't need to have any background knowledge in the visual arts. Uh, there are thousands of templates that are already pre-made for you. This is just one example that I brought on here, and ironically enough, it's how to create an infographic, right? Uh, and so this is something that I literally just copied and pasted into this, into this presentation. Someone's free template that they had posted online, and you can start to uh, put promotional items together. Maybe you revamp a bulletin, right? And it makes it just look more professional, and again, it takes you literally seconds. There, it's easy to edit edit, it's easy to, um, to, to modify, to lengthen, to shorten, to whatever your need is, uh, and um, it, 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 uh, there's a cool banana there. So you just keep on scrolling down, and I've got a couple of just uh, ways in which you can, you can implement this. You know, publicizing church events, you know, a flyer, right? We're having a, a cookout, and we want to post these things around town, or we're having VBS, and here's a really cool infographic display, uh, talking about the dates that this will, this will happen, and, uh, and, and uh, uh, the activities that will go along with it. You know, it's, 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 it's an opportunity just to create a professional-looking flyer, a professional-looking bulletin, display materials. It can be really you know, used well for that as well. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a far-reaching tool that has multiple applications within any business, within any church, within any school. Okay, our next link here, our next um, tool is Unsplash. Now, this is what I would call like a quick hitter here. This is, this is something that uh, there, it takes literally no time to do, uh, but we're always looking to spice up presentations or we're always looking to spice up uh, visuals like PictoChart. Unsplash is a database of free-to-use professional photography, professional images uh, with creative licenses removed. So you will not be infringing on anybody's copyright to use Unsplash. Um, and this one is, is, is pretty uh, uh, useful. Um, every image that you see on this presentation, I pulled from Unsplash. That way I know that I'm not infringing on anybody's work. Um, I'm not, I'm not uh, abusing anyone's copyright. Um, and so if we do that here, And you can search the entire 
internet for any any source here. So if I just go, you know, nighttime sky, there are 8,000 images that I can use free of charge with that type of uh, theme. Right? And all of these uh, are free to download, copy, and distribute as freely as, as you would as you would see fit. Um, a pretty just just one of those little side resources that you don't think about sometimes, but it can be very useful when you're trying to put together a professional-looking presentation. Are they attribution-free? Uh, as, as far as I, I mean, they they actually will say credit would be nice, but it's not required to be honest with you. Uh, but there is an, a disclaimer on Unsplash that says, "Look, this would be nice if you credit the author." I mean, the author is there, right? I mean, it it, it shows who took that picture, but they have they have publicly put that image out for redistribution uh, free of charge. You'll notice also I was trying to get a theme here where a lot of these would be used together. If you kind of picked up on that a little bit, you know, PictoChart would be very useful when you're using images from Unsplash, right? You have no worries that this is being, you know, copyrighted against uh, or you're infringing on someone's copyright. Uh, the same thing here. Uh, Google Forms has been a lifesaver for me in the classroom, to be honest with you. This is how I administer surveys, feedback, uh, take polls, all sorts of different methods. I, I, I deliver all my tests via Google Forms. Uh, it allows for instant feedback for students. I give them multiple choice questions, fill in the blank questions, true false questions, multiple response questions, and they get an immediate response back on how they performed on that test. Additionally, I get feedback as a teacher. I can go back through and I can look back and say, look, I've got an 8 out of 10 rating on this, and I can look to improve that. Don't be afraid of what people think of, of your preaching or your, your leadership. Right? Ask them for their feedback. You know, what can be done better? This is something that I've really started to apply as a teacher. I am not the world's best teacher. I have room to grow. There, everyone has room to grow in every manner of career or profession that they are working in. And if you're not willing to accept constructive criticism, uh, you're going to stay in that same, that same level that you've always been. Ask people for their feedback. How, what things are working for you in this church? What things are working for you in this classroom? How, what would you like better about Sunday school? What did you like about today's class? And give them a quick little feedback, a, a form, a survey, and ask them for that feedback. And you'll be surprised at the answers. People are, are honest, almost brutally honest sometimes, right? But, uh, but absorb that. And, and, and get better with that. Uh, this is, I, I, t I can't tell you, I've started to grow so much as an educator, as I like to believe I have, by, by starting to listen to my students. What is engaging to you? What can I do better to reach you as a learner? What can I do better to reach you as a target audience in my, in my community? What do I need to know about you as a person in order to run my church so that I'm, I, I'm reaching the most people that I can? Right? The biggest demographic of people that I can. And something as simple as Google, uh, Google Forms can make that possible. Something as simple as Google Forms can, can, can really change the course of, of how you operate as an entity. And so this is a question that I gave about my teaching style. Uh, I wanted them to know. Like, so what I like to do in my class is to alternate instruction days versus work days. So I will deliver sometimes like, you know, a 20-minute lecture on a particular topic on one day. The next day, we, we won't lecture. We'll do different activities and work, work time and different exercises that I put together then kind of building on what we learned about the day before. So we call them instruction days and work days. And which days did you like better and why? And so on the instruction days, you know, did you like the way that I lectured? Did you like the way that I presented the information? Most of the time I was doing all right. Eight out of ten, I did have that one person, you know, decided to give me a zero out of ten because we're talking about middle school students here. At least I like to think I'm not a zero out of ten, but, you know, it's an outlier. I like to think it's an outlier. <laughs> 
Okay, it's an outlier. Um, but no, most of the people here are in the top half there. And so, but again, there's room to grow, right? There's room to, to look at this and ask for feedback. And most important about this, you can also give you know written comments back. You know, and so that, that's what I value more than just a number, right? Give me give me a feedback on terms of actual comments. You know, explain your response to me. What what do you like about this? What don't you like about this? It could be as simple as trying to get information about what to do in a, on a on a on a on a, a church a church event. You know, who's going to bring what item of food? It's it's simple here, right? I've got these many people bringing this amount of food. I got this many people bringing this type of food, and you can use Google Forms for that as well. Signups for things. Uh, the applications for it are certainly far reaching. Matt, how do you give that? There's a link, so just like I gave you the link to the, the, the uh, webpage for today, uh, there will be a, a, a button at the top of Google Forms and it'll say send. So, so are you yep. giving your tests to them electronically? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and again, I, uh, we've moved to that. Obviously, there's obviously the budgetary reasons of no one wants to buy paper for you know 750 kids every single day anymore. Uh, and so that that has been encouraged. Uh, it has been embraced by some, not others. And and it's certainly we've gone very very much on, on, on the tech side, and at least in terms of how I run my classroom. Uh, and we've seen benefits more than just the hey we're saving money. You know, people are more willing to fill out a two seconds form than they are to fill out a, an entire sheet of paper, handwrite it out, and then turn it in. You know, it, it, there, people, there, there's something about filling a quick form out rather than signing a sheet of paper and filling it out, handwriting it, that people are more incur uh, more likely to, to complete. Uh, and we've seen we've seen better feedback and better uh, completion rates with that type of a, an exercise rather than just a take-home sheet of paper. You lose it. The dog ate it. Now the dog doesn't eat my homework. That's not the, that's not the excuse anymore. It's my internet went out. Right. That's the, that's that's the new that's the new dog ate my homework these days. So how about creating surveys for church meetings, determining attendance even, uh, and then asking for feedback on church activities? You know, these, these Google Forms can provide you a method and a means to make those things happen. And again, the link to Google Forms is there as well. Uh, Adobe Spark is the next tool that I'd like to highlight. Again, uh, it is free in a, in a limited form. You'll see that a lot of these, these tools that I've been sharing with you will have the premium versions, right, that you can pay an exponential amount of money to, uh, to, to, to acquire all of those, uh, uh, those, those features. Uh, I don't do any of that. I use the most basic and I make it work. Uh, and and the, uh, the, 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 the benefits of using just the basic version is still what we want to accomplish, right? You're, to, to make things look really, really fancy, you can buy the premium version, but no one knows you're not using the premium version when you use the basic. You know, it's, it's, and again, I like free. Uh, Adobe Spark is how this presentation is being run. Uh, this is a web page. You all had access to the web page. Um, it, it, it can be used for presentations like it's being used now. Um, it's just a little bit of a change of pace from the traditional, hey, let's click this slide to that slide, which is just fine, right? But it's just, it adds a different dimension to it. It also allows them to take this with them whenever you go, right? So all of you will be able to have access to these resources when you walk out of here digitally. You'll never lose them, at least unless your phone you know, decides to you know, die out or something, right? But you always have the, the website, right, that link. Uh, and, and so Adobe Spark Spark allows for that type of a, uh, an opportunity. Um, the uh, uh, again, this is free. Uh, Adobe Spark is more than just web page building, though. It's video editing as uh, and and um, and text. You can make graphics uh, with Adobe Spark. Again, free. Uh, you will have sometimes that watermark, right? Everyone likes to promote their own products, so you might see Adobe Spark, which you can get rid of if you buy the premium version. But again, if you can live with an Adobe Spark watermark on your final product, then you uh, you don't have to pay for anything. 
Uh, so again, how about creating a church blog of weekly activities, right? You can see the scroll going on here. Um, you know, what, in, in, this, in this week at, at Fellowship Bible Church, we were doing these things, and then the very next post is what we did the next week. And you can keep people abreast of the situation of things that are going on in your church, uh, and you can do that free of charge. You can have links to outside sources. You can have QR codes embedded into your Adobe Spark page, which can take them somewhere else. Uh, the, the links to, within this, you can see, um, I, I've added links to all these outside sources, outside websites, resources. What if we have a link to a Loom video? Video that you've created that you can embed into your web page. Uh, all that can be uh, contained in one local site here at the, with this Adobe Spark web page. Uh, this next one is Storyboard That. Um, I love this. Uh, this is this is kind of gets that, that that creative those creative juices 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 flowing a little bit. Um, this is uh, a way to tell digital stories, um, and it's it's basically like a comic book generator, if you will. I, I, I my students love these exercises when we do this because it takes the, it's allowing them to take an idea, put it down into a a story mode, but to do it all in a very engaging and creative way. Uh, and so this is Storyboard That, and uh, you can ever insert like backgrounds and characters objects and this is in this is highly customizable you can you can down to the color of their eyes you can you can change these characters that you're putting into this this little comic book story maker uh, and so you know Sunday schools this would be something that's super engaging to them there, there are times where I've, I've created a storyboard just to highlight or preview what we're going to do that day uh, and I've given you one of those examples here um, on our uh, and you'll be more likely to be able to see it better there on your screen but this was one that I put together for a, a study getting ready to highlight the Oregon Trail. And again, this is coming from an eighth grade history perspective. But I've given them just a couple of references embedded within this, this story about the Oregon Trail. This couple is getting ready to head off on the Oregon Trail. And there's some references to different things that we were going to be talking about that day in class. As a Sunday school uh, session, wouldn't this be a, a kind of a cool way just to introduce a topic for that day? Let's tell the story of Jesus, uh, 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 you know, uh, his crucifixion. And we get ready to kind of show that process leading up to that. Right? Maybe him coming into... Uh, uh, Jerusalem on a, uh, on, a, on a donkey, right? And we kind of highlight that in a, in a storytelling comic book mode. You know, and that would, that would resonate with kids. Uh, and don't think this is lost on adults either because I've done this in, in professional development for high school teachers and they're like, that's kind of cool. Right. And it's something that can connect in all sorts of ways with lots of different people. Uh, and again, it just it shows some effort. It shows effort on your part. It's like you're trying. You're really trying to connect. And, and we're doing it in kind of a fun way. And I always say with my students, you know, when you can insert little puns, you get extra credit. Right? If you can somehow make me laugh by reading your storyboard, and I can also learn a little bit of history along the way, and you can comp show me that you comprehend what we're talking about, then bonus points for you by uh, inserting these uh, little puns, which I think I had a really good pun in here. Uh, if you have not read it, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, anyone reading it? No? Can I get like a, just a sympathetic chuckle just to make me feel good? <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate it. You know, this, it's a good thing you're in the audience today. Okay. <laughs> so how about grading storyboards for Sunday school? How about an opener for a message acting as a mechanism to draw your audience into whatever topic you'll be discussing that day? How about kids creating their own? This is, this is where they'll really start to get fired up, right? If you have their own, their, their phones or tablets with them on a night, hey, make sure you bring your tablets if you got them at home. If not, we'll, we'll, we'll partner up and we'll do this together. And, and then you take a Google form vote. Who had the best one and why, right? It's, it's a really cool way to get some feedback, get a little competitive juices flowing. I want to make the best and most creative uh, storyboard, and people are going to see this, and we're going to share our work, and we're going to learn a little, bit of some, learn a little something along the way. Uh, we do this all the time. We, we like taking votes in class. So that we like to kind of embed that kind of gamified approach to education a little bit. People want to win. You all wanted to win those questions. Don't even lie like you think you didn't want to win those questions earlier. Okay? You wanted to be the person that buzzed in first, and you got that answer right. You know, that, that, if you can embed that type of competitive nature, that gamified atmosphere uh, as much as possible, people are going to connect with that. 
Okay, um, I'm going to challenge you a little bit. If you don't have a Twitter, I would encourage it. Um, this is this is just me, and I'm I am I am all over Twitter. The last post that I had had like tens of people see it. Uh, you know, I have just really established a strong digital presence over the course of a year. Uh, I'm new to Twitter. I'll be honest with you. I, I'm about a, I'm a little over a year old in my uh, Twitter presence, if you will. Uh, but in that year, I and I I have resisted it for so long because I know myself, and if I had a Twitter, I would just be like on it all the time, right? Because I just you would just you would get. Uh, embedded in what's going on in the Twitterverse, as they say. Um, if you use Twitter correctly, it can be uh, a, a game changer for you, uh, for anybody. Um, I, I'll, I'll kind of speak to you from the perspective of education as to why Twitter became such a powerful tool for me. Um, it, it, it was it, I, I was getting ready to present just like this, and the conference had a, uh, a Twitter handle, and it, had, and it suggested that if you were you know, going to be attending this conference to go ahead and sign up and use our hashtag and get ready to participate in this type of activity. Uh, and so I did, and as I was using that, that hashtag that the conference had set up, I'm getting posts and resources of people just giving away this information that they had in their own sessions, sessions that I wasn't able to attend. And so I started doing the same thing. I started to make these resources, and I started to post them onto Twitter, and we would be sharing resources back and forth. And so if you follow the right people, if you are using the right hashtags, if you will, and I'll kind of just go into this in just a moment, this can be an incredibly powerful tool. Um, I have uh, grown more using social media than any other professional development opportunity that I've ever been able to attend. I, learn, I have learned more. I've learned tips. I've learned tricks. I've learned methodologies. I've learned practices. I've learned exercises. I've learned just all, a host of information based off of my usage of educational Twitter. Because I call it educational Twitter. You know, as I coach, I'm able to connect with the community. Uh, after our, I, I coach baseball, I coach football. Uh, after our football games, I coach middle school football. We always film our games, right? And I'll put together a highlight reel and tweet it out. Uh, you know, here are the best plays that we had uh, as a team, and I would tweet that out, and we would get parents interacting with us, right? That's great. I saw my boy do that on that play, and that was great. And you know, uh, this this is a you know, it, it was a way to connect with the community in a really positive way. Now, I have had teachers tell me that I'm never going to get on Twitter because it's the armpit of the universe. And I tell you that if you follow like the Kim Kardashians of the world, then yes, it will be the armpit of the universe. Don't do that. Only follow people that you trust, that are vetted, and that are going to improve you in whatever career, whatever profession that you are engaging in. In ministry, it can be profound. If you are a church body, right, and you create a church Twitter account, and you follow other like-minded entities that are going to help support you in your endeavors, is that not a way to connect with the community? Right? And now, you have to use it professionally. Right? There is a professional Twitter, and then there's the not professional Twitter. You need to have the discipline to keep that professional. Uh, as a coach and an educator, it's been uh, instrumental. Hashtags. Is anyone familiar with the use of hashtags? Anyone have a, does anyone have a Twitter account? I'm just I'm curious. Okay? If, you are, if you are using hashtags in the appropriate way, hashtags basically document what that tweet was about. That's how I describe it. Right? And so if you want to have a, a series on Acts, right? and you're going through a, a series on Acts, and you say Acts chapter, uh, Acts, or series on Acts, hashtag series on Acts, every resource that you post on Twitter on that book of Acts, you search on, in the link, series on Acts, you'll get all those resources in a, in a row. If you search for, say, your, 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 your Fellowship Bible Church, right? and you have fellow, hashtag FBC, every hashtag FBC event that you that you uh, document that you brand with that hashtag, you can search that one hashtag and every single 
uh, event that your church is participating in that you've documented with that hashtag will pop up on that social media, on that, on that search. Um, I've given you an example here. Right now, a major um, educational technology conference is going on right now. I'm not there, of course, because I'm here with you. Right? And so, but I've been following it on Twitter. I've been making sure that I've been, keep, that I've been kept up with what is going on in certain sessions. And so this was something, and I literally just took this, 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 this screenshot like at noon today. Right? And I, so I had searched ISTE 19. ISTE is the name of the organization. And so there are two people right now that, when I took that, that uh, screenshot, that were either promoting sessions or that they were highlighting important uh, takeaways from a session. And I was able to get caught up with that just in, a, in an instant. I wasn't there. You know, they call this oftentimes PD in your PJs. You can be in your pajamas at home and you can engage in really uh, engaging and important uh, ways in which to improve yourself in whatever career that you're working in. You know, again, what if you put, what if you what if you uh, took a video, right? You you, you screenshotted yourself uh, using Loom and you posted that to Twitter, and people that were following you as a church, uh, following your church Twitter account, would have immediate access to that morning devotional. They they wouldn't have to go anywhere. They could sit right there in their in their PJs at home, having a cup of coffee, going through your devotional for them on that particular day. That that's powerful to me. And if you brand it hashtag FBC, right? Hashtag Fellowship Bible Church. Every morning devotional that you put out for an entire week, they could go back and watch every single one of them just by searching that hashtag. You know, when it's being used in, a, in that manner, I think that the growth for connecting to your community, the, the, the potential for connecting to your community, the potential for growing with other churches, other like-minded bodies, other like-minded entities, organizations, that, that has the power to really boost your, 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 not only your digital footprint, but your community presence. Uh, and, and just like uh, we were learning, early, learning earlier, there's the, there's the lost out there, right? And, 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 and Dr. Potter was talking about that. And this is a good way to connect. It's a good way to reach those, those individuals, people that wouldn't come to church on a given day. But, hey, what is this church all about? Maybe you have your mission statement, and you, tw- you tweet that out. And they can go back, and they can search that if, you, if, you use the, if you're using the correct hashtags. Uh, that, 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 that's cool. I'm sorry, that's cool. And, and, that, and that, again, it's, it, it's, a, it's a new way of thinking in terms of, uh, of the traditional mindset when it comes to church and, and community involvement. But I think it's, it, it, I would, I would, if you ask my eighth grade students how many of them have a Twitter account, every single one of them would raise their hand, right? And that's, that, is the, that is the nature of the beast these days, right? You have to connect with this new learner, this new audience, and if you're not, someone else will. And so I've given you just a couple of Yes. Uh, with, with hashtags, if, yep. you, if, you have a, if you have a group called Flesh Fighting Carnage. Correct, yes. Yeah, I knew you were going to go there. And, and, and they, not, not to the flesh, but the, the, the acronym part, right? Go ahead, sorry. They, they <laughs> hashtag FBC. When, when you search for hashtag FBC, you, you're going to get Flesh Fighting Carnivores and, and the church. Absolutely. So you would want to certainly pre, before you start to maintain a hashtag identity, you'd want to do a pre-search. And, you know, Fellowship Bible Church is obviously a well-known, used, you know, name for a, for a, for a church body, right? So you would want to come up with something and, and promote that. You know, you would say, you know, maybe it's Fellow Bible Church or whatever, right? And, and kind of shorten it up uh, and, and find something that's not being in use, or you just add numbers on the end of it, you know? We're, and this is us. And, and, um, and, and, and make sure that people in your church know about that, and they're retweeting it using those, those types of the, that, that language as well. And so, yes, your point is well taken that, that there are multiple different hashtags that could be branched over and seen in multiple different ways. You certainly want to do some research prior to establishing your, a church identity through a hashtag. Yeah, that's a good point. So if your doctor still practices medicine the way that they did 30 years ago, it's malpractice. 
If your mechanic fixes cars the way that they did 30 years ago, it's malpractice. Touche, touche, touche. It would probably take them longer, though, using 30-year-old technology, though. It's uh, malpractice if your accountant does your taxes the way that they did, and it's also mal malpractice if you teach the same way that you did 30 years ago. Um, again, this is, it's just a challenge more than anything else. You know, it's a challenge. It's, it, it, we have to be willing to adapt. We have to be willing to, um, to see this change through um, and to embrace it when it needs to be embraced. Um, I, the point was made earlier that, that there are certain things that you're rooted in, right? There's foundational beliefs that will not change, and that is absolutely the way that it should be. But the manner by which you engage your audience to try to deliver these foundational principles, doesn't that need to change with the times? I, I, I would argue very much so that it does. And I think that's really what I take away from this, this quote here, you know, that, that we try to, I can, I can walk up and down the hallway and show you a teacher that's still doing the exact same things that they've done 30 years ago, and there's not a whole lot of good coming out of their, their students' mouths when they leave that room. You know, it's just, it's boring. It's boring to them. And where at one point it was not. At one point it was not boring to a student for a teacher to teach in that manner, but today it is. And people that are resistant to that change, uh, resistant to anything new that might come about in terms of uh, technology or, or manners in which you communicate information, that, that does need to change. You know, if you're looking to reach this new modern learner, then it needs to change and you need to be willing to change. And, and I guess that's the challenge. And so with all of these tools that I've kind of gone through, that was kind of my, the, the, the meaning behind it, right? These are some simple, easy ways to connect to a modern learner using certain processes, using certain methods, applications that, that are free of charge, that are quick and easy to learn. There's not a huge learning curve here. There's not a lot of upfront in terms of uh, learning this new tool and trying to uh, figure it out. Uh, these are things that you could take away right now and embed somewhere in your fellowship, in your church fellowship. Uh, and that was kind of the, the, the point of the presentation. Um, I hope that it was, some, I, and again, this, uh, what, I, what I like to tell teachers, that this is, this is a, there's a huge toolbox out there, right, of different tools that you can use. I gave you uh, upwards of 10 right here. Don't try to do all 10 at one time. This is where teachers, will t they'll, have like, they'll have this like white look on their eyes, right? They'll be like, like how am I going to do all that? Pick one, right? Pick one, that will show, and look, I hope you kind of picked up on how these are all interconnected in certain ways, right? So you pick up on one, or you, and you start to bridge off of that. Hey, that was pretty easy. You know, let's just, I, I have this situation arise in which I can apply this other tool that I have learned about. Let's see if I can implement that in some way. You know, it, we're trying to build up our toolbox of different resources. And when the need arises, right, you, you don't always need every single tool in your workshop every single day. But it sure is nice to have that one tool that makes things a whole lot easier when the need arises. And I think that the more tools you have in your toolbox, right, the more tools you have in your workshop, the better off you're going to be. And the more, the more efficient you'll be, the more, uh, the, the more productive that you'll be, and the more uh, effective that you will be. Uh, and so, uh, again, I hope you take away something from the presentation. Again, maybe pick one thing, right? If, if Twitter's not your thing yet, right, I'm going I'm to work on QR codes, right? And, and, then, and then try to try to build off of that to something else. That is all I have for you today. So um, if you have any questions, I'm going to be hanging around. If you would like to see something, uh, I, again, we didn't have time to just go through and explain every single thing, show how every single thing worked. I am absolutely more than happy. I would be excited to help walk through how to better use a particular tool that you saw today. So thank you.